When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Joe. Hi, hello. Today is the day where Emma, Jill, and I come together to talk about our faves uh, coming out in the next month. But before we all dive into our December book picks, just wanted to remind y'all to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. You can email us, professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Make sure we are heading toward the end of the year. Send in uh, those book challenges for our 2022 Professional Book Nerds Reading Challenge. Uh, And without any further delay, Emma, Jill, hello. Hello. Hi, friends. Hello. I I don't even know how to say hello now. It's okay. It's been one of those weeks, right? Sure has. Sure has. (laughs) It has indeed. Sometimes those weeks roll along and we just have to uh, keep on trucking. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean... Dare I mention it? I couldn't get Taylor Swift tickets yesterday during the Capital One pre-sale. Yeah, I was I was in that waiting room for like eight hours. And once I got in, it was like out of the price range my sister and I discussed. So, Yeah, I literally couldn't even get a ticket. Anything I clicked on, another fan beat me too. We get that. Yeah. I got that message a bunch too for the ones that were in our price range. Yeah. 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 It was maddening. So that was the the vibe this week was (laughs) Hunger Games. Apparently. Absolute Hunger Games havoc. I will say I'm still not a Swifty, but Midnight's did something for me. So it's so good. (laughs) It is. That is a solid, solid album. It really is. And as a shameless plug to the Libby Life blog, if you want fun updates about Libby and all sorts of just like cool blog content, Emma and I actually recently co-authored a blog where we recommend book titles to each Midnight's track. So uh, LibbyLife.com, if you want to check that out, uh, along with a lot of other fun readerly content. That's not a word, but I'm cool with it readerly (laughs) if we can say something is painterly i feel like i should be able to say something is readerly yeah i agree (laughs) so who wants to go first i'll go okay i'll go um so my first one is what you gonna do by avery flynn um i'm gonna read the description it's in first person so just as a that's why it's gonna be presented that way Um, so could it possibly get any worse than having absolutely no magical abilities when you're a member of the most powerful family, witches ever 
It used to be that I'd say no, but then I keep getting set up on dates with Gil Connolly, whose hotness is only matched by his ego. Seriously, I can't stand him. Even if I also can't stop thinking about him, but we're going to pretend I never told you that part. So yeah, my life isn't the greatest right now, but then I go straight to the absolute worst hell when I accidentally make my sister spell glitch and curse my whole family. And the only person who can help non-magical me break the spell, you guessed it, Gil, the super hot jerk. Now we have to work together to save my family and outmaneuver some evil-minded nefarious forces bent on world domination. Oh yeah, and we have to do all that while fighting against the attraction building between us because I may not be magical, but what's happening between Gil and I sure feels like it. Um, Okay, I love the idea of like, like which romances are like a whole thing. That's like a whole genre on its own. But the idea of being like, the non-witch person in a witch family. I am I am here for this. I am so here for this. So uh yeah, yeah, that's witch you're gonna do. Also a great title by Avery Flynn, and it's out December 6th. I am in love with the idea of that. It just ugh. and you know me, I'm gonna say it every time. Not the romance person on this pod, but I'd read that. Mm-hmm. I, I love an unlikely scenario turns into a a budding romance always yeah always. and this just looks so cute i really love the cover sorry no it's Emma, really if a... anything you're consistent <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes no the cover gives like green hedge witch vibes like it's it's fun it's it's delightful. it's really fun and i do i have really come around to the illustrated cover trend in romance it's it's just so cute yeah Well, I'm going to follow that up with a romance title, shocker for everyone, also with an illustrated cover. Uh, My first first title is from my first ever author interview on PBN. Out December 6th is this LGBTQ plus romance title from Kosoko Jackson, A Dash of Salt and Pepper. Sometimes two cooks in the kitchen are better than one in this swoony romantic comedy from the author of I'm So Not Over You. Xavier Reynolds is doing less than stellar. He just got dumped, was passed over for a prestigious fellowship. And to top it all off, he's right back home in Harper's Cove, Maine, population 9,000. The last thing he wants to do is work as a prep chef in the kitchen of the hip new restaurant in town, The Wharf, especially since the hot single father chef who owns it can't delegate to save his life. Logan O'Hare doesn't understand Xavier or why every word out of his mouth is dipped in sarcasm. Unfortunately, he has no choice but to hire him. He needs more help in the kitchen, and his tween daughter, Anne, can only mince so many onions. It might be a recipe for disaster, but Logan doesn't have many options besides Xavier. Stuck between a stove and a hot place, Logan and Xavier discover an unexpected connection. But when the heat between them threatens to top the Scoville scale, they'll have to decide if they can make their relationship work or if life has seasoned them too differently. A stove in a hot place. I Get know. out of here. I mean, the Scoville scale. Like, I know. <laughs> that. <laughs> it's perfect. And um, I'm going to have so to good. just call out how cute the cover is with all the radishes and onions. It's really, cover. it's like, it's cute cover. I like, agree. I want that as like a wallpaper. Just the food falling down the background is so cute. And yes, the 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 idioms and puns killed me. Um. So that is A Dash of Salt and Pepper by Kosoko Jackson out December 6th. 
I'm going to continue the trend of having a romance in December. Uh, spoiler alert, that's what most of my picks are because that's what I want to read all year, but mostly, especially in December. So my first pick is Queen of Myth and Monsters by Scarlett St. Clair. We return to the story with Adrienne and Isolde that began with her book, King of Battle and Blood, that came out last year. Things pick up right where we left off, so there is no jumping ahead. We literally pick up right where the action left off at the wild ending of King of Battle and Blood. Isolde learns more about Adrian as the Crimson Mist and all their enemies from the first book continue to threaten the kingdom. There's lots of action, lots of spicy scenes. Queen of Myth and Monsters comes out December 20th. Also a pretty cover. The covers, are, <laughs> the covers are stunning. And I know Scarlet St. Clair has very voracious readers. So they'll be very pleased to return to this world in December. It's always exciting and scary to know, I'm sure, as an author, that you've got like rabid fans waiting. <laughs> Right? I don't know if that's, that's that's a different kind of pressure. That is a different kind of pressure. I don't know about that one. Um, so my next one, not a romance. <laughs> um, this is The Opportunist by Elise Friedman. When Alana Shopshire's 76-year-old father, Ed, starts dating Kelly, his 28-year-old nurse, a flurry of messages arrive from Alana's brothers, urging her to help protect dad from the young interloper. Alana knows what Teddy and Martin really want to protect is their father's fortune, and she tells them she couldn't care less about the May-December romance. Long estranged from her privileged family, Alana, a hardworking single mom, has more important things to worry about. But when Ed and Kelly's wedding is announced, Teddy and Martin kick into hyperdrive and persuade Alana to fly to their father's West Coast Island retreat to perform one simple task in their plan to make the gold digger go away. Kelly, however, proves a lot more wily than expected, and Alana becomes entangled in an increasingly dangerous scheme full of secrets and surprises. Just how far will her siblings go to regain control? Smart, entertaining, and brimming with shocking twists and turns, the opportunist is both a thrill ride to a story and a razor-sharp view of who wields power in the world. That is out December 6th. Um, yes, please. Yes, please. And of course, like the kids are like, no, he can't. She couldn't possibly like, who knows? Like, who knows what's happening? But just she couldn't the kids... possibly love him. Right. Yeah. yeah. But just that the kids are immediately like, no, we have to protect our fortune. OK, so. uh, Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I love that she's a young interloper. At 28, too. <laughs> like, I mean, like, yeah, like he's 76, sure. But 28 is not that young yeah in the grand scheme of things when you're talking about these kinds of situations so right and also just using the word interloper interloper i also love interloper. sorry not sorry the cover because it's very west coast vibes and it is as it gets colder here in the midwest i would rather be poolside like this cover it is a very west coast vibes yes my next book out December 13th is a young adult historical fiction title. It's called A Million to One by Adiba Jai Gridar. So she is the author of one of time's best YA books of all time. And in this 
kind of route, she gives the Titanic an Ocean's 8 makeover in this nail-biting heist set on board the infamous ship. So in A Million to One, we're following Josefa, who is an unapologetic and charismatic thief who loves the thrill of the chase. She has her eye on her biggest mark yet, the RMS Titanic, the most luxurious cruise ship in the world. But she isn't interested in stealing from wealthy first-class passengers on board. She's out for the ultimate prize, the Rubiet, a one-of-a-kind book encrusted with gems that's worth millions. Josefa can't score it alone, so she enlists a team of girls with unique talents. Hina, a daring acrobat and contortionist, Violet, an actress and expert dissembler, and Emily, an artist who can replicate any drawing by hand. They couldn't be more different, and yet they have one very important thing in common. Their lives depend on breaking into the vault and capturing the Rubiat. But careless mistakes old grudges, and new romance threaten to jeopardize everything they've worked for and put them in incredible danger when tragedy strikes. While the odds of pulling off the heist are slim, the odds of survival are even slimmer. So this is perfect for fans of Stalking Jack the Ripper and Girl in the Blue Coat. Um, This high seas heist from the author of The Henna Wars is an immersive story that makes readers forget one important detail. The ship sinks. That's what... (laughs) I know. I'm listening to this. I'm like, okay, but what happens at the end? Like, right. have we forgotten? Right. What? I mean, I understand. That's what I like, want to know. What happens at the end? How what they... happens at the end? Do they mm-hmm. somehow? Is it like you know the heart of the sea, like in the pocket, like, and they manage on the <laughs> right? What happens? Part of the ocean, whatever the damn diamond was called. I don't remember. What is their um, plan? How are they getting out of there? Right. Like, how do they get out of there? Which I think is actually an interesting question in this situation because... Right, because they don't know. They don't this know. Isn't, this isn't time travel. Right. So they're not planned for the ship to have gone down. Correct. Is it going to be something where, like, they steal it before the ship hits an iceberg and they take one of the lifeboats? And they get so off, right. they're responsible for, like, a boat full less people dying? Like, I can't mm-hmm. wait. I know. That sounds really, really good. Just because I want to read it to find out what happens and and i love me some lady thief vibes so always always (laughs) that is a million to one by adiba jaygradar out december 13th i love that my next pick is not related at all to that or any of my other picks but i am going to throw in a nonfiction for december This is Screaming on the Inside, The Unsustainability of American Motherhood by Jessica Gross. (laughs) Wow. So Jessica Gross is an opinion writer for the New York Times. In this timely book, she dismantles 200 years of unrealistic parenting expectations. Y'all, parenting is so hard. Um, It's always been hard, but wow, has it been a lot the last few years, especially. And this book, demonstrates those unrealistic expectations that we as a society and as individuals hold ourselves to as parents. Parenting really follows no rules or recipe. Like it's going to be unique no matter what. There's really no one size fits all or perfect path to ensure that you have amazing and well-adjusted kids. So Gross explains how We got to this moment, why the current state of expectations on mothers is wholly unsustainable and how we can move towards something better. This book is out December 6th. I'm really feeling this pick. 
as we are full on into sick season at daycare. And as my co-host will know, there's been many a weeks recently where I've had to watch my sick child and work and maintain some semblance of sanity and health. And it's really hard. So um, I'm really looking forward to how I can maybe not put so much pressure on myself and at least know I'm maybe not alone, that this whole thing is unsustainable and what the heck we can do to just feel a little bit less frazzled. I don't know. So again, that was Screaming on the Inside by Jessica Gross out December 6th also a great way to kind of like roll into the new year. I'm not necessarily one for uh, resolutions in the sense of like changing yourself for some sort of, you know, but like taking a moment to take stock of what did the last year give me and what do I want to take with me into the new year? What do I want to try to implement um, and move forward with? And I think that's a really cool book to have the opportunity to just like see what other people are feeling or thinking or saying and, and how it can impact you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that really stood out to me about the way that this book is described is that we certainly have a lot of things in society that don't necessarily lend themselves to working parents in general, but a lot of that as well is stuff that we may have internalized about how we need to be the perfect parent. You know, you have to look a certain way or have things done a certain way or manage what I feel like is this fake thing called work-life balance (laughs) Um, and how you're kind of doing people like, how do you do it all? And I don't know that anyone is really doing it all. And so a lot of those notions that I always maybe thought I would feel or have when I became a parent are absolutely fake and like out, they're just out the window. Um, it, you know, at this point, some days, if I am wearing clean clothes, that's a victory. (laughs) So just a lot of the things I think, yeah, a lot of things I think I thought I would be as a parent, not the case, especially a parent during a pandemic. So interesting times, but That's the only pick I have this month that is a little bit more serious and a little bit more thought provoking. I do occasionally like to stretch my brain, but most of the time I like to read romance. So. I mean, that's okay. That's okay. Also, I mean, you're raising a Scorpio and so like, (laughs) yeah, I'm just saying (laughs) your life is only going to get harder. I know. As your child ages. I don't want to like concern you or anything, but you work with two Scorpio. So I mean, you know, what we're like, we're like, we're like, and and we're significantly older than your child (laughs) at his, his wily spirit Mm. already. Although (laughs) he is a toddler. So I know that these are difficult years ahead. (laughs) I don't know, man, that kid is sometimes the things he will say to you that you will share with us. I just, that, that, that he does not sound like a toddler. I feel like he he feels, (laughs) he sounds like, like a Scorpio with a very old soul. Like I feel like (laughs) this is not his first life. He's like, (laughs) right. 
There are times you'll say things and I go, man, I really need him to say that to me. Right? I need, I need yeah. someone in, in this house who's saying, no more. <laughs> yeah. Do this. He's, I, yeah, I mean, he's pretty strong-willed already and he definitely likes a firm boundary. So <laughs> that's, yep. And I wish yeah. I was good at boundaries and- <laughs> It's really As funny. A toddler. Yeah, to have your toddler say, No, mom, you don't need any more books. <laughs> <laughs> mom, you have so many books. Okay, we may disagree so, there. Yeah, really. <laughs> we will always disagree there. But yeah, you know, we need treats, but only if they're for him. <laughs> so <laughs> now that I understand. <laughs> With that, speaking of books and treats. Yeah. Um, well, maybe not. So like the rest of my books that I have for this are all nonfiction, which doesn't usually happen, but there's a lot of good nonfiction this month. So uh, the first one I have is The White House Plumbers by Egil Bud Croke. I think is how you pronounce that. This is um, a true story of the White House Plumbers, a secret unit inside Nixon's White House and their ill-conceived plans to stop the leaking of the Pentagon Papers and how they led to Watergate and the president's demise. Um, I So it's not a fiction, um, but the author was like part of this organization. Um, on July 17th, 1971, he was summoned to a closed-door meeting by his mentor and a key confidant of the president, expecting to discuss the most recent drug control prog- program launched in Vietnam. Krog was shocked when um, Ehrlichman handed him a file and the responsibility for the special investigations unit later to be notoriously known as the plumbers. The plumbers work, according to Nixon, was critical to national security. They were to investigate the leaks of top secret government documents, including the Pentagon Papers to the press. The White House plumbers book is his account of what really happened behind the closed doors of the Nixon White House, how a good man can make bad decisions and the redemptive power of integrity. Um, Watergate is one of those times in our U.S. history that I am fascinated and obsessed with because just, I blame my, like, 10th grade social studies teacher, um, (laughs) who did, like, a whole lesson on Watergate and was, like, super into it in, like, conspiracy theory way. Um, and I'm excited to, you know, read an account from someone who was sort of inside the Nixon house, like Nixon White House, and not just sort of all the president's men outside um, journalists. So that is the White House Plumbers. It is also, um, the book is out December 27th, and it is currently soon to be a five-part HBO series starring Woody Harrelson and Justin Thoreau. That sounds so cool. I'm I'm with you on Watergate being one of those things that I'm just like, I always want to know a little bit more because yeah. in the world we live now where there are so many conspiracy theories about things actively going on in the government, like this feels like the only time the info actually made it out. Like we actually yes. know yes. the bad things that were happening or the things that were happening. Yeah. And that's really cool. Um, my first introduction to Watergate was that Kirsten Dunst movie. Yes. I think it's called Dick. I believe it is as well. Yeah. It was like a, a summer. It was the middle of the night and I was just a kid up late <laughs> watching TV. 
and then I was like oh wait this is <laughs> there's a part of this that is real but anyway <laughs> yeah like it makes it into Forrest Gump the movie you know like there's right. a scene where Forrest is staying at the Watergate Hotel because he's gone to visit and he's like makes the call to <laughs> there's people in the, <laughs> in the Watergate Hotel like it just it's fascinating it's so fascinating to me yeah really really cool cultural phenomenon always interested to get more info especially when it's from such an insider yeah and I think the fact that like you said you know we it's it's so interesting that like these days we are probably aware that there are things going on that we don't know about mm-hmm. which is interesting because we do live in a world just full of constant information and and people sharing and leaking things and all that and then you look at something like Watergate where it was not a time where that information was easily accessible and yet somehow this made it out. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's so, it's so fascinating to me. Love it. Uh, cannot, cannot wait to add that one to the TBR. So I'll throw out my nonfiction. I'll keep the nonfiction train running. This is my only nonfiction title for December, uh, but this is out December 8th and it is Elizabeth Taylor, The Grit and Glamour of an Icon by Kate Anderson Brower. So it's the first authorized biography of eternal legend Elizabeth Taylor, known for her glamorous beauty, soap opera personal life, and magnetic screen presence. Elizabeth Taylor was the 20th century's most famous film star. So this includes unseen photographs and unread private reflections. This biography is a fascinating and complete portrait worthy of the legend and her legacy. Elizabeth Taylor captures this intelligent, empathetic, tenacious, volatile, and complex woman as never before, from her rise to massive fame at the age of 12 in National Velvet, to becoming the first actor to negotiate a million-dollar salary for a film, from her eight marriages, an enduring love affair with Richard Burton, to her lifelong battle with addiction, and her courageous efforts as an AIDS activist. So using using Elizabeth's unpublished letters, diary entries, and off-the-record interview transcripts, as well as interviews with 250 of her closest friends and family, Kate Anderson Brower tells the full, unvarnished story of the classic Hollywood star who continues to captivate audiences the world over. So that is Elizabeth Taylor by Kate Anderson Brower, out December 8th. I I love that this is an authorized biography. I love that this is like she was given access to everything and and she ran with it. And honestly, all I can say is these have always brought me luck. For the listeners who can't see, this is where I'd be like fiddling with giant diamond stud earrings. But, you know. <laughs> no, oh, I actually, in my mind, I was like, <laughs> no, before you said that, I was like, but is there going to be a chat brown white diamonds? <laughs> right? I wish. I just want to know. <laughs> My favorite part of like the holiday season growing up was when they would resurface an old white diamonds commercial (laughs) and like Elizabeth Taylor, rest her soul, long dead at that point, would be rolled back out on the reels to just like briefly go, these have always brought me luck. And then then the commercial's over and you're like, what is happening? (laughs) With the big fur coat. Yeah, like it. Exactly. I mean, just glamour, icon, like and also an activist and, uh, you know, not afraid to get into important issues and, you know, and also who doesn't love the tea of like someone married eight times and had numerous affairs. I'm here for it. <laughs> I find her fascinating and that we continue to find her fascinating 
years and years and years. And white diamonds, my that was my grandmother's favorite perfume. So, you know. Good, good scent memories for you there. Hey nerds, I'm Sarah, the paper nerd. And if you've ever wondered what goes into that greeting card you just sent or received, well, quite a lot. Get your paper fix on the paper fold where I host an enchanting mix of personalities and players all nerding out on my favorite topic, stationery. From the designs of our snail mail communications to the precious space created when two people correspond, there's a lot to cover. So come grab a seat in the stationery community's only five-star paper salon, The Paper Fold, now part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. So my next pick is definitely a vibe, and it is The Poison Season by Mara Rutherford. This is a YA fantasy pick, and I'm going to read the blurb from an author who we had on PBN earlier this year. I love to see other authors' blurbs of other books. I just feel like it's a fun book community. So Emily J. Taylor, who's the New York Times bestselling author of Hotel Manifique, who we talked to earlier this year, says Mara Rutherford's The Poison Season took me on a journey through a bloodthirsty forest where two star-crossed lovers discover the true meaning of poison. It brims with evocative storytelling that left me enchanted. So the cover plus that blurb definitely piqued my interest and I can't wait to read this. So this comes out December 6th as well. December 6th feels like a very popular December pub date. Lilo and her family live on an island with a bloodthirsty forest and a poisonous lake on either side. It's always been the way things are, but Lilo begins to see things differently when the time approaches for her younger brother to be exiled to the forest or the lake unless he gains the magic of enchanted song that is vital to their community. One day, Lilo sees an outsider on the verge of drowning in the lake, and she makes a choice that changes everything. The outsider, Jaren, brings new things to light, and as the two grow closer, Lilo begins to question everything she's ever known. We love to hear it. So yes, yes, yes. A creepy forest, star-crossed lovers, coming of age, questioning everything you've ever known, plus magic, sold. So that is The Poison Season by Mara Rutherford out December 6th. I mean, poison lake and bloodthirsty forest. What does it even mean? Like, I mean, I know what poison lake means, but like... I know. I'm intrigued to know what exactly is so bloodthirsty about the forest. Is it the forest itself? Is it the things in the forest? Same thing with the lake. So I love that. And again, the cover is stunning. And I will want to talk about these types of books upcoming because I've noticed a lot more and more covers, especially in like the YA fantasy space, I think, where they're like, botanical 
vines are covering people, flowers everywhere. And this cover is no different. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) Very into that discussion (laughs) of botanical covers because for sure a fantasy trend right now. Yeah, I have to think of a better name than botan. Like, I don't know, but you know, botanical covers. <laughs> I think botanical covers. I mean, yeah, that's what it is. Cut and print. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That covers more than just like floral flowers. Botanical is, you know, a wider reaching definition. Yeah. And botanical sounds cooler than like plants. <laughs> Agreed. So um, my next one is Your Table is Ready, Tales of a New York City Mater D by Michael Chechi Azolina. Uh, so from the glamorous to the entitled, from royalty to the financially ruined, everyone who wanted to be seen or just to gawk at the hottest restaurants in New York City came to places Michael Chechi Azolina helped run. His phone number was passed around among those who wanted to curry favor during the decades when restaurants replaced clubs and theater as well. Theater in the most visible, vibrant city in the world. Besides dropping us back into a vanished time, your table is ready, takes us places we'd never be able to get into on our own. Riles and Soho with its Loche Club vibe, Buzzy O'Keefe's casually elegant river cafe. From Keith McNally's Minetta Tavern to Nolita's La Cuckoo, possibly the most beautiful room in New York City in 2018, and the most exquisite and enormous stands of flowers changed every three days. From his early career serving theater stars like Tennessee Williams and Dustin Hoffman, right to the last pre-pandemic shutdown full houses at La Cuckoo, Michael has seen it all. In your table is ready. He breaks down how restaurants really run and don't and how the economics work for owners and overworked staff alike. The professionals who gravitate to the business are special, tougher breed, practiced in dealing with the demanding patrons and with each other in a very distinct ecosystem that's somewhere between a George Orwell down and out in dungeon and a sleek showman smoke and mirrors palace. So this is out December 6th, again, one of those December 6th dates. And I, I'm always a fan of memoirs that sort of like talk about a very specific job. I think they're so interesting. Um, you learn a lot about, you know, a business, um, or industry that you wouldn't before. Um, you know, this says just the way that Kitchen Confidential kind of went behind the scenes in the kitchen. Um, your table's ready is all about the front of house side of things. And again, like these very fancy New York City restaurants that um I've never been to, but have heard of. And <laughs> like this idea of like again, like that it goes into sort of that pandemic age of at the very beginning in the spring of 2020 when they just like shut down out of nowhere and nobody really knew what the industry was going to look like down the road. Um, so I'm excited for this one. My next book is Shocker, also out December 6th. A little thriller for your nerves. This is The Ingenue by Rachel Capelk-Dale. So this is kind of like My Dark Vanessa meets The Queen's Gambit. It's a suspense novel about the bonds of family, the limits of talent, the risks of ambition, and the rewards of revenge. When former piano prodigy Saskia Crace returns home to Milwaukee after her mother's unexpected death, she expects to inherit the family estate, the Elf House. But with the discovery that her mother's will bequeathed the Elf House to a man that Saskia shares a complicated history with, she is forced to re-examine her own past and the romantic relationship that changed the course of her life. 
just so she can figure out the answers. Can she find a way to claim her heritage while keeping her secrets buried? Or will the fallout from digging too deep destroy her? Set against a post-MeToo landscape, the ingenue delves into mother-daughter relationships, the expectations of talent, the stories we tell ourselves, and of course, what happens when the things that once made you special are taken from you. It moves between Saskia's childhood and the present day. It's dark, contemporary, and kind of a fairy tale that's full of desire, longing, and uncertainty as it builds to a spectacular, shocking climax. So that is The Ingenue by Rachel Kapelke Dale out December 6th. I'm excited for this one. My next pick is Well-Traveled by Jen DeLuca, also out December 6th. Get all your books on December 6th. So Jen DeLuca takes us back to the Renaissance Fair with Lulu and Dex. So Lulu is a workaholic. She's a classic, like high-powered attorney focused on success, you know, raised to be driven and ambitious until one day she realizes that all her priorities are totally off. Lulu's cousin Mitch first introduced her to the magic of the Renaissance Fair. And when one comes to town right when she's looking to be inspired and find escape from all of her mixed up priorities, she heads back into the comforting world of turkey legs and taverns of the Renaissance Fair. It's there that she meets Dex, a guitarist with a killer smile. He's the Ren Fair Casanova. He's the type that's never really had to work like a day in his life. He travels with his band and his brothers. He likes to keep things breezy and just go wherever life takes him. They're stuck traveling with the Ren Fair together for the summer and Dex and Lulu keep crossing paths. Their interest in each other grows. They're total opposites. So can they sort things out and make it work? I don't know. So this just sounds like all the things I want to read. Well-traveled by Jen DeLuca out December 6th. I think it's important to note that like, yeah, there are vibes for the time of year. And like Ren Fair in the summer is where I would rather be <laughs> in right. December. Than with... winter in Ohio. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, plus like a Ren Fair musician Casanova, like, yes. Yeah. Jen DeLuca's Ren Fair romance books are so adorable. They're Yes. They're just like. They're just so cute just like a heartwarming charming hug I don't know so I love it plus yeah just yes that's Ren Fair oh now I want to go can we go to a Ren Fair yes okay always (laughs) yes I'll pull out my kilt let's go let's do it I'm I'm here for that my last book is Weightless, Making Space for My Resilient Body and Soul by Yvette Dion. Yvette um, is a journalist and essay writer and a National Book Award nominee. And her new memoir is all about her experiences living in a, um, you know, just like dealing with her body. She She started this book before she was diagnosed with heart failure. So her body 
Um, her first line in this description is my body has not betrayed me. It has continued rebounding against all odds. It is a body that others map their, map their expectations on, but it has never let me down. And so in this book, she sort of explores what it's like to be a fat black woman and, um, what life looks like and navigating relationships, navigating, um, her career, navigating other health problems. Um, she talks about, you know, experiences in with doctors and the hospitals, especially after she was diagnosed with heart problems and everything that has come up with that. Um, she talks about friendships, um, her relationship with her parents, pop culture. Um, she's experienced agoraphobia. Like this was a brilliant book. Um, I had the, um, the, the fortune to interview her for the podcast. So that will be coming in a couple of weeks. And, um, I'm I'm super pumped. So yeah, that is Weightless by Yvette Dion. I'm really excited for this book. And I love that opening line. Just it's it's so moving to hear someone say that, like, hey, I'm I'm doing my best and my body hasn't failed me. I haven't failed myself. It is really just about I don't know, yeah. like building your world for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting in the introduction of the book. And I I talk, I asked her about this in the interview. Um, so you'll have to listen for her answer. But I she mentions in the beginning that yeah, she started writing this book, you know, about being a, a fat black woman before the heart failure element came into it. And I remember asking her, like, how, how different is the book now compared to what you sat down and you started reading writing? And it's, it's so good. And I hope you all enjoy it. And then, yeah, look forward to that interview that's coming in a couple weeks. So my final book is also out December 6th. This is The Last Invitation by Darby Kane. Darby Kane is the author of the critically acclaimed and number one international bestseller, Pretty Little Wife. Uh, Kane has crafted another gripping and twisty suspense about an invitation to an exclusive club that comes with deadly consequences. They meet the second Tuesday of every month and vote, and then someone dies. Over the last few years, prominent people, a retired diplomat, beloved basketball coach, the CEO of an empire, have died in a series of fluke accidents and shocking suicides. There's no apparent connection, no signs of foul play. Behind it all is a powerful group of women, the Sophie Foundation, who meet over wine and cheese to review files of men who behave very, very badly and then met out justice. Jessa Hall jumped at the mysterious exclusive invitation to this secret club. The invite comes when she's at her lowest, aching for a way to take control back. After years of fighting and scratching to get ahead, she's ready for a chance to make the bad guys lose. Jessa soon realizes though, just how far she's willing to go and how dangerous this game has become. Once in the group, it's impossible to get out. She has nowhere to turn except former friend Gabby Fielding, who is investigating the mysterious death of her ex-husband. Aligned in their goal to take down the foundation, Gabby and Jessa need each other, but working together doesn't mean they trust each other or that either will survive to tell the truth. That is The Last Invitation by Darby Kane out December 6th. And uh, the, the tagline and the title is, getting in is by invite only, getting out is impossible. I I love kind of a, a cheesy sounding thriller. Like I can imagine this movie. Uh, and much like Emma wants 
cozy romances right now this is when I when I want to thrill fest uh December for me is either reread time when I'm pulling out some of my favorites because I have specific vibes I'm trying to curate or I'm reading thrillers <laughs> like that's that's kind of the big the big for me yeah I I respect that type of vibe for December anytime is a good time for a thriller I couldn't agree more in uh, my final pick that's absolutely not related to thrillers is You Had Your Chance, Lee Burroughs by Piper Rain. This is out December 27th. So woo, we're mixing it up. I do really love a sports romance as well. So this will be the exact type of book that I want in that between time between Christmas and New Year's where nothing makes sense and time doesn't matter. And this conveniently comes out on the 27th. So Lee Burroughs is a quarterback for the San Francisco Kingsmen. And he broke Shayna's heart back in college. It's taken years for Shayna to get over her broken heart and all the deceit of that effing manly burrows. It does say effingly burrows in the description, which I enjoy. And she spent the last eight years actively not thinking about him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm sure. And she gets offered her dream job as a sports therapist for the one and only San Francisco Kingsmen. So I think you can see where this is going. <laughs> She's going to have to face Lee again after all this time. And he's maybe also never stopped thinking about her either. Who wants to tell him that it's game over for them? Haha. <laughs> uh, yes. So that is, <laughs> I'm very excited. And the cover, this is the start of a new series for uh, Piper Rain. So I'm excited to see all of the different, you know, people that will meet in this Kingsman universe, but that is you had your chance Lee Burroughs by Piper Rain out December 27th. I did not know you loved a sports romance. There's a time and a place for this. Yeah. That's no judgment, but it is surprising. That's surprising. <laughs> I, it's like very specifically this type, like where there's something we circle back to like a professional athlete. I don't okay. know. Like I'm also dying at the names. Like the the because we've got on the site listed uh, book two and book three, and I'm mm-hmm. dying over the titles. You can't kiss the nanny. Over yeah, my the dead body. Like the <laughs> Kingsman, Kingsman football stars. Well, I do normally recommend like rom coms. I feel like, and I think this has humor in it, but I don't know that this would be necessarily a rom-com I think it's more contemporary I know um Piper Rain's Green Family series is really popular as well so like this is I'm just excited for you know a new series I love a good sports trope spoiler yeah I I don't normally read these um and recommend them but for December we're feeling the sports vibes Sports romance vibes. Little spicy sports love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spicy sports. <laughs> spicy sports love. They're... Oh, that's going to be an episode in 2023. Spicy sports reads. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the list. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you all so much for listening to us share our December book picks with y'all today, the first day of December. I just wanted to give everyone a reminder that there will be no episode on December 26th or 29th. We're taking a little break for the holiday season. Uh, Thank you for letting us have some time to ourselves and our families. Um, And of course, as always, please feel free to follow us on social, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at ProBookNerds, and send us uh, emails. We'd love to hear from you. Our email is professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. With that, thank you all so much for joining us and happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, Next Best Picture. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all of the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com.